Hello and welcome to Weeb Spawn. We're talking about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and back with me is my co-host, Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be back. Yeah, I was on vacation, so uh, that's why I was missed last episode, guys. Sorry about that. Um, poor, poor planning ahead of time, so that was on me. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about Attack on Titan Season 2. And as always, spoilers ahead. Yes, Attack on Titan Season 2. With all the hype Attack on Titan is getting, I'm going to be a little more critical in this episode. Just because I really really enjoyed the season, but there were a few things that I remembered as I was going through this that I just realized was lacking in the show's development so i kind of want to pick apart a little bit but this season i believe definitely adds a lot more questions than it answers similar to last season but this one feels to add a lot more lore to like the titans and it really starts to make you theorize a little harder on the true origins of them but other than that it doesn't really answer a whole lot it answers some big ones but overall, I think it starts to just pile on a little bit more. Yeah, this was also the season we mostly got to be like outside of the walls. So we got to experience what, I guess, everyday life would be outside of the protection of the walls. So it also kind of gives you more... I, like you said, lore, not only of the Titans, but like of the world itself. So in a way, it was also uh, kind of like an info dump, but I think they also did it in a way that it didn't really feel like it. But if you look back on it, then you kind of realize, oh, they actually mentioned this. They actually mentioned this and kind of set more foundation for the future seasons. Um, a small critique. Technically, we were still inside the walls just shit went down that made it seem like we're outside of the walls because the whole um titans being inside the walls now so technically we're still in them but it's basically like we're outside the walls because there are just a shit ton of titans that's true i for some reason i was thinking of wait where is it the next season i thought um would they get trapped in like a tower like a bell no, that's, tower? That's this season. But oh, okay. So one thing that I found very confusing about the show itself, because the manga I think is a little more specific, because I feel like when you're reading and you have the visuals, it is much easier to understand. Plus, you kind of get images of maps in the manga. But in the show, they didn't really explain the walls all too well, because I could never really differentiate which wall is which and basically the structure of their city because they have the three walls total and basically this episode takes place between two walls i can't remember the name i think it's wall mario wall rose but either way there's a, a breach the main premise is there's a breach within this wall or in between one of the walls and they don't know where the breach is and basically a large majority of this episode is trying to figure that out so there are titans within the walls but they have to um they they have to go about it as if they're outside of the walls 
So there is this tower, but it's basically a tower that has always been there. It's just been abandoned because this is kind of like a farm town area, and it's part of the olden days, is from my understanding of it. Because in the tower, there's some old writing and like old language in there, which adds to the lore, which I don't really mention a whole lot in this episode. But yeah, it adds to the lore, but I think this is just like kind of like Europe, how there's castles everywhere. This is just one of those abandoned castles. Gotcha. That makes more sense. Because now that you said, like, farmland and everything, now it's starting to come back. That I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's just one of those areas that is, like, the agriculture area, so it does look like the outside. Yeah. One thing that makes you, like, it brings it back in to make us realize that this isn't outside the walls is the fact that we visit Sasha's and Connie's old villages, their hometowns, which, when I first watched it... I did, like I mentioned, had that hazy recollection of what the map actually was like. So I did think this was outside the walls the first time I watched this season. And then I'm like, wait, these people lived outside the walls? And I didn't realize that a large majority lives in pockets within the walls. And then the outside's the farm fields where the poor people live. So it's kind of confusing your first watch through. And like the second time things start to click. And I think it helped that I read the manga too. So it, it's a little more clear to me. But it wasn't the first time. Yeah, that that would probably make sense. So, going off of our previous one, we ended the last Attack on Titan episode with Annie being captured in the real the revealed that Colossal Titans are within the wall. That little hole we talked about, where now it's this season they covered up with like a cloth-like substance, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right yeah. at the beginning, they're like, oh shit, we gotta cover this boy up. The season starts out with a pastor named Nick coming up and shouting that the Titan needs to be covered from the sunlight. And this is when we learn, well, I think we also learned previous that for some reason they're not like active during the nighttime for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Yeah, that was on season one. Hanj, she likes doing experiments on the Titans. And she had two of them captured and she had them under cloths and she was like yeah we learned that it's the sunlight that makes them active and this and that so so for some reason this pastor also knows that information which was not common knowledge and of course instead of trying to help the better of mankind he's like yeah i'm not telling you where i knew this information because you know when there's titans in the walls threatening your survival, why would you why would you share information? Right. He's just like, nah, I'm good. I don't give a shit. And speaking of Hanj, Hanj takes him into custody for questioning as she suspects that there are more titans within the walls, which is, I think, a very reasonable assumption. I was, was going to say, what would be the odds of one titan being within the walls and you happen to uncover that one <laughs> spot in hundreds of miles of walls? I think it's a safe assumption. Plus, couldn't you just, like, peek in there and, like, look? Like, oh, yeah, there's another titan that way, another one that way. Like, I would not. I'm sorry, but because <laughs> the hole is right near his face, True. I would not try to peek in there because... Just this instant simple yeah, nibble for them is a <laughs> limb gone for you. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's your head you're peeking in and just a little chomp. Yeah, that's a good point because some people actually do lose arms this season. So probably good that. Oh my god, that's so unprecedented. For this season, people <laughs> lose limbs? 
Yeah, oh but like God. they survive. They don't die. I mean, so did Aaron. He lost both his le- uh, yeah, leg and a, an arm. <laughs> he's a different case. He still has them. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Speaking of, with all this happening, Aaron is told that Walmart Rose has been breached. Now, we rewind 12 hours and view from the perspective of the military that discovered the Titans within the walls. The commander orders everyone to split up and tell all surrounding villages in the capital of the breach, and he will stay behind to slow them down. As the commander finishes slowing them down, he prepares for his own retreat, but as he's about to leave, a beast titan appears. Which, as the name suggests, he looks... Well, like a beast. He has an ape-like appearance, like with fur and everything. Sort of resembling Bigfoot. I think that's a pretty fair assumption. Yeah, that, that was my first thought when I saw him. was like, yeah, that's, that's Bigfoot. And he's pretty big, so that makes <laughs> sense. But the thing that sets this Tyson apart from all the other abnormal Titan is this one is capable of speech. The Beast Titan asks the soldier about his omnidirectional gear, but when he refuses to speak, the Titan takes the gear and tells the normal Titans to eat him. Which, I think it's even more... Fr- I think always the deaths that always seem more traumatizing to me is when they lose their gear and then they're oh, yeah. just helpless before... like, Because they, the, they know as soon as they lost that... There was no surviving, and then they just had to wait for their depth. Where at least if they died while fighting them, it's generally it seems quick. Mm-hmm. So like this has always been like the more traumatizing deaths for me are the ones where they lose their omnidirectional gear, and then you just watch them die. Right. Yeah, I I completely agree because when you're fighting, you're in the heat of the moment. Everything is happening so fast that I feel like the only way you could die is through a really quick death like i don't know but when like you run out of gas or your omnidirectional gear is broken you have to just sit there and wait for them to eat you because you can't outrun them they will catch up because they're so large and yeah it's just that helpless feeling um one thing about this season that i completely forgot about was the fact that they do flashbacks all the time and it's not even like days or months prior flashbacks it's 12 hours earlier two hours earlier it's like couldn't you just like do a meanwhile thing like things are going on at the same time in parallel like you did first season it's just kind of weird to me but whatever another thing about this first episode was i found the beast titan scene a little interesting because from what i've learned of all four of the abnormal titans was two of them are military, Aaron and Annie, which of course means they know all about the military and the omnidirectional gear and things of that nature. This information kind of made me assume that the other two Titans were also military just because of the characters we already know. But when this guy stumbled in, he made me reconsider those thoughts because he seems to be unaware of omnidirectional gear. He's asking about it very confused and he knows it's obviously important since all the soldiers are wearing it which basically even if you're a citizen you don't even have to be military all you have to do is be a citizen you should know about the omnidirectional gear 
and it just seems like it's common knowledge. So it really makes you consider like, what are the Beast Titan's origins? Why can he speak? And is there some sort of connection with him and the other Titans or are the other four Titans connected and this guy's just an outlier? So it, it really makes you start to ponder the idea of the the Titans in general and this Beast Titan just seems to be a very strange one. And I don't think it's too much to consider that he might be an outlier because of his appearance. His appearance is much more different than all the other ones. So very unique. I found this Titan very interesting. I liked him a lot. Not to mention the fact that he can speak. And we know even when Aaron goes into Titan form, he can't even speak too. Right. So yeah, everything about him is actually setting him apart from the others. But it still makes you wonder, like, where did he come from? And where did all the Titans come from, for that matter? Because they're still pouring in. So, after this, the Scout Regiment departs from the uh, uh, Stohes District to deal with these Titans that appeared inside Wall Rose. And they decide, hey, we're going to take along the Pastor, kind of do a fear tactic, scared straight type scenario, and get some information out of him after seeing these Titans firsthand. Meanwhile... Sasha decides that she um, wants to rush home to her hometown to warn them of the Titans. So she gets permission like, hey, the Titans most likely haven't made it to my village yet. Can I warn them? But unfortunately, when she does arrive, the entire village is completely deserted, except for one woman that is being eaten by a Titan and this woman's daughter who is nearby in a state of shock. So Sasha being this quick-witted strong character she decides to just guns blazing save this girl so she grabs an axe and embeds it into the titan and she grabs the girl and she flees because she doesn't really have the ability to fight at this moment but of course the titan's still alive she didn't sever the nape so it ends up chasing them and she decides the only way for this girl to live is if she stays behind and the girl runs away while she buys time. So she pulls out a bow and arrow and she uses her extreme accuracy to shoot the eyes out of the Titans to blind it. So as she actually blinds this Titan, she bought some time. She's about to run and a group of villagers show up and Sasha's father's among them. And he's, they're all on horseback and actually save Sasha and gets her out of here. So while Sasha's actually in her hometown, Connie also decides that, or actually he's in a group that goes to his hometown, which is very convenient, but because they're like, yeah, Sasha, you go do your own thing alone. We're all going to just go to Connie's hometown. Like they couldn't have sent her one other person as a support, but whatever. Similar to Sasha's hometown, Connie's was also empty and had been attacked by Titans. It's all in rubbles and ruin. But there were no signs of Titans anywhere except for one lone Titan lying trapped on the rubble of Connie's old house, which was quite convenient, I guess. He went to his hometown to help his family and he finds a Titan in his house. So he's very confused by this because he looks at the Titans and its legs are like very small, feeble and weak. So he wonders how it even managed to get this far from the wall in general. So it was kind of good to see, like, some more backstory of these two characters because up until now, you don't really 
get much of a lot of people besides, I guess, like, the main, main cast that are very much we've been introduced to, like Armin, Mikasa, Aaron, uh, Annie. And Levi. Levi. Like, some people that already made some big impacts, and these two characters were more like side characters. So it's kind of nice that they still are, like, giving them attention. They're tr- not trying to, like, just make one sole main character, even though, like, Aaron is obviously the center of, like, everything right now. But they still give enough attention to, like, the other side characters and help develop the story even more. And then, also, I think it was nice for, like, Sasha in particular. Because up until now, she's been kind of treated as the comedic relief character. The Because even when... Like, in the first season, when they set up traps, she was one of the people that didn't finish off a Titan. They always kind of showed her, like, incompetence. But then this, where she, like, saves this child, kind of shows more of, like, who she is, like, as an actual person. That the reason why she is in the Scouts is because she does want to, like, save people. Or, like, she has the ability to, anyways. And that you shouldn't just, like, take her for granted as the potato-munching character that she is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I just love the fact that she was, like, she's still obsessed about food. I think in the next season she, um, like, mows down on a bunch of potatoes. Like, it's, it's a running joke, but I think it adds a little bit of fun to her character now that we're going to know her a little better. Yeah, I think it's good that they didn't get rid of it because if, like, they made it so much of a staple when introducing her to her that if they kind of got rid of it, then it would have been like, okay, this doesn't feel like her. Or I wish they would use it more, like, I guess strategically. I, I haven't seen the last season, so or technically the last two seasons, because didn't season four get cut into part one and part two? Yeah, they haven't released the part two yet, though. Oh, yeah. So I haven't seen, I'm up to season three, episode 18 or 20. So I still have like five or six episodes finish of season three. But it would be cool if they, there was a time where like, you know, when Sasha's like mad or angry is like, they get to a point and they offer her food and she's like, no, thank you. And like everyone freaks out because they're like, what? You don't want food? And, like, she has some kind of badass moment. I think that would be pretty cool. And then going, so we talked about Sasha. Now going back to Connie. So upon closer inspection, they realized that Connie's family might actually still be alive. Because there was really no signs of blood or death in the town. Besides the fact that it was abandoned. And then there's a titan just lying there. This, of course, gives Connie some hope. But... As he's about to leave, he believes that the Titan lying before him speaks and says, Welcome home. And I remember that. That sent chills down mm-hmm. my spine when I when I heard that. In the meantime, other scouts are running the perimeter of the wall looking for the breach. But to their surprise, there was no breaches. But this search lasted until night, so the team took shelter in an old castle for the night. This wouldn't be as peaceful, though, because it's Attack on Titan. You can never have a peaceful night. 
The Beast Titan arrives with other Titans as they attack the castle. The castle attacks really sucks for the soldiers because they are slowly overrun and the Titans start to make their way inside. Reiner even gets his arm badly injured from a Titan bite, but he manages to escape. And they clear the first wave, but the Beast Titan isn't pleased with those results and pelts the castle with debris and sends a second wave that kills a few soldiers. Eventually, the only people left are Reiner... Yeah, I never really know how to pronounce his name, but I think it's um, Bertolt. Like, Bertolt? It, there's it's that not sounds pronounced. like it, right? Yeah, because the th. I most of these names are, I believe, of German origin, so they don't have a th sound. So I yeah. think it'd be Bertolt. That sounds right, about right. Bertolt, Connie, and Krista, and Ymir. The last two people we haven't really mentioned all that much because until now. They were pretty much almost non-existent, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As the tower is about to crumble, Ymir jumps out and transforms into a titan, which kind of threw for a loop for it. Like if you just watch <laughs> it, because she literally like nose dives, or mm-hmm. I don't know if she nose dives or does the th- I can't remember, or she does the thing where she stands on a ledge and like spreads her arms out and falls backwards. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how two. she does it, but it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, she manages to kill the other Titans, mainly to protect Krista because she has this some like unbreakable bond with her. But it also happens to benefit the others, too. Yeah, so one thing I quickly want to say about this whole scene is the fact that in the beginning of this episode, we actually mentioned that the Titans are inactive at night, which, to our surprise this attack happened at night. So that also shows that the Beast Titan has some sort of strange properties that allows him to give energy to Titans because obviously the Titans are following his orders. But at the same time, like they're active at night. So he he definitely throws a wrench in all of the things we knew about the Titans up to this point. So that was kind of interesting to me. And... Since you mentioned Krista and Ymir basically have been non-existent up until this point, which is very true, which is why I actually hate the episode following this one. So, yeah, Ymir jumps out and transforms into a Titan, which uh, I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. So it's at this point where we get a flashback of Ymir and Krista that shows a little bit of backstory about their bond. And how they became so close during their time in training camp together. So I'm not really going to go over this too much because I don't think it's really that relevant. And I'll explain why in a sec. So a few hours prior to all this, after this flashback's done, we have a little flashback. And it's a few hours earlier. And we're with Aaron and Hanj. And they're talking about the possibility of Aaron learning the same crystallization ability that Annie has. And actually, to this, are their surprise, Pastor Nick actually gives them a little bit of information. He says that Krista is the key to the answers they seek. Which, up until this point, we basically were like, oh, Krista's this pretty girl that people flaunt over and fawn over. So, during this discussion, Sasha arrives and tells them, hey, we need to meet at this castle to discuss the wall breach. It's pretty important. So conveniently, when things start going south at the castle, 
and Aaron or Ymir has to transform, Aaron and Hans actually arrive with the other scouts to save the day. Oh, man. So these episodes, these last two episodes were... I honestly did not enjoy them as much as maybe others have. I didn't enjoy the flashback when we learned about Ymir and Krista and their backstory together because it felt misplaced and forced to me to the point that it seems like in the middle of the castle siege, they decided to throw it in there just to progress their story, uh, Krista's story specifically, and then make Ymir seem very important. But in reality, Ymir, I feel like, is a very insignificant character, and she seems absolutely pointless. I can't go into too much detail about that for this season of Attack on Titan. I can explain it a little later. But it, up until this point, it, they've kind of gradually introduced certain characters, made them a little more relevant. It was this season where they're just like, boom, Ymir and Krista. They're the, they're the stars right now, and we're going to give them some quick backstory, make you feel some sympathy towards them, make them have some motivation in their actions. But it just, it did not feel like it, I don't know, I just didn't feel like it was, um, it flowed well in the story, in my eyes. I don't know if you felt the same way. My thoughts involve the next part that comes back to Ymir. Okay, cool, cool. So after all that went down with all the casual shenanigans Obviously, plot armor Aaron comes in to save the day at the very end with all the other scouts. They head back to the Trust District where Reiner and Beltolt. Beltolt? <laughs> Something like that. It's Something. honestly a really weird name. Where R&B steps side to side <laughs> <laughs> with Aaron are like, Yo, Aaron, we're the Armor Titan and Colossal Titan. Literally, they say that, like, word for word. Hey, Aaron, we're the Armored Titan and Colossal Titan. And I kid you not, when I read, or read, (laughs) saw this episode, I rewound it because I'm like, wait. Yeah. It almost seems like a joke, right? Yeah. I'm like, wait, did they literally just say that? Because, like, I thought it was going to be, like, it was going to end, like, right there. And then you were kind of, like, left wondering, like, Wait, is it this some kind of joke? Are they being serious? Like, but no, they're literally we're just like, yeah, we're the armored and colossal titan, and we want you to join us. And so with this, Mikasa is still within earshot range because literally everyone is probably within twenty feet of each other. That they just really do this and not to mention they're on top of the wall right now yeah like that was the weirdest spot to possibly do this right and so mikasa quickly tries to kill both of them but they live because they like barely dodge in time i think was it reiner that actually almost died yeah i'm pretty sure she almost like decapitated him right there like it was actually really sweet because mikasa just like into action ready to just murder these people like, all yeah. she needed was to hear some confirmation that she was allowed to kill him. It was actually so close to just ending him right there. Mm-hmm. But they were able to survive, and they were able to transform. But I believe because he was, Reiner was killed, well, basically almost killed, he was only able to do, like, a half transformation, where he only was able to do, like, the upper body, He because he's the Colossal Titan. Uh, Bertolt. Right? Bertolt. No, Bertolt. 
Yeah. Berto was a colossal titan. So because he was injured for something, uh, or I don't know why he wasn't able to fully manifest, but I believe he was only able to manifest his upper half. Yeah. Right? Yep. Okay. Because yep. he was basically just chilling on top of the wall with no legs. Yeah. And he was, like, fighting back the other scouts while Reiner tries to uh, quickly transform and grab Aaron. But Aaron is like, yo, he, I forget exactly what he says. He's like, we thought of you as a brother or something and you betrayed us. He felt, like, all betrayed. You think I'm going to join you? He transforms into a titan, starts to beat the shit out of him. (laughs) And... I don't. Yeah. I think Aaron actually was winning that fight. Oh yeah, yeah. Aaron, he throws down like he he's the type of character that's like give me a reason to go Titan, bitch. And yeah, he yeah. Was, he was whooping his ass for a bit. Even with all of, like the armor, he was breaking off pieces. The only reason he like was able to actually lose the fight was Reiner like gets him kind of like in a chokehold. For, like, a little bit, but he's still, like, barely holding on. Like, he's not really doing much to Aaron, but he was slowly dragging him. Yeah. And, like, you didn't understand why until he, like, Mm -hmm. screams, and then you just see the freaking Colossal Titan just fall off the wall and is going, like, head first into Aaron. And that's how they managed to pretty much uh, knock out Aaron was... Having a fucking colossal titan <laughs> land on top of them. Yeah, I really, it, it, I thought this scene was kind of cool and maybe a little ironic because the colossal titan or not the colossal, the armor titan is has such physical prowess over the attack titan. So, Aaron was actually able to use the techniques that he learned from Annie, who was obviously the female titan, and use those moves against Reiner in order to gain the upper hand, which was, I thought, a really cool way to just be like, fuck you, I'm going to use your guys' own moves against me and your own skills against you or whatever. So I thought that was really cool. And then, like you said, Reiner managed to hold on and drag him, and the only way he won was the uh, collab with the Colossal. Yeah, and so going back to, like, Ymir and that whole scenario, it's literally, I feel like, from the moment of the the breach until we get to the reveal, it's like they're like, all right, well, we have to show that the possibility of like Titans existing in the wall and not the breach. So they had the whole setup and the whole castle thing. And then it's like they just blanked out and they're like, well, how do we get them from this castle to this point? To where we see Reiner and Beltolt announce or expose mm. themselves as the Titans. They're like, well, how do we do this while connecting everything? That's where Yumi and Crystal come in. It's mm. like they kind of just threw this in there literally just so they had a bridge to get this. Because this is where, for some reason, Reiner's split personality comes in too. Because was, we get that was out of left field too. Yeah, because we get this like flashback of Reiner watching his friend or someone he knows get eaten by a Titan, 
who we find out is Ymir. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, so they literally put those two together. It was like they yeah. forced that to make you think Reiner wasn't a Titan for more shock value. But then it was like the review was so like spontaneous that, like I said, I was like, wait, was that mm-hmm. supposed to be said? That it wasn't really that much of a surprise. And then it's like, and then they were like, oh, we need to involve Krista in this somehow. And so they gave the backstory that about like how she knows everything because isn't she supposed to be like some kind of princess or something yeah, like that? So in in my next part, I was gonna talk, or I think it's the next part. We're basically there's a little bit in the next part that t- links Ymir gotcha. and Krista together because Krista is like this princess or this royal heir, and Ymir is supposedly some sort of royalty as well. So, man, it's just like those little things that I'm just like, was this thought through? Was this fleshed out well enough? I don't yeah. know. And I agree. I like what you said about the whole linking Ymir with um, Reiner. Because, yeah, they do have a flashback later on. Because in this fight where the Colossal Titan fell on Aaron, as he was about to fall, he actually managed to grab Ymir because she was unconscious. He managed to grab her and then fall on them. So now they have both Aaron and Ymir. <sighs> and then they go talking and stuff. And Ymir's talking about how she ate Reiner's friend and this and that. So it's like, after that, you realize like, okay, you took three episodes to now link Ymir and Reiner together. It it was just a forced thing. So, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else feels this way about Attack on Titan. I feel like they do, but... I think Attack on Titan is just really... They really need to work out their reveals and their mysteries. Excluding the basement door mystery, it seems that every time there is something that's worth pondering over and creating theories about, they reveal it within the same episode or one or two episodes later. For example, the Reiner and Berthold thing, we see a flashback 12 hours earlier. So Reiner and Berthold were revealed like yo were they were they colossal and armor titan and then after that there's a flashback 12 hours earlier and hanj learns that it seems that those two might be somehow connected to annie because they all coincidentally came from the same village and they have almost no information regarding their uh, previous life i felt like there could have been a way that they slipped in that subtle information to the viewers at an earlier time before this episode because if you did this a few episodes prior, it doesn't even have to be like, oh, don't even spell it out for us saying like, oh, Reiner and Berthold are from the same village and we have no information. I'm just be like, oh, did like someone's talking to someone and be like, oh, did you realize that Reiner and Berthold might know Annie from back in their village? Just something subtle that's like, oh, they were from the same village together. So maybe they know each other. It's something so subtle that if you really think about it, it's like, oh, they're from the same village, so they probably have a connection, not, hey, we're the tech, we're the Titans. Oh, here's this information that reveals that for us. It's The order is so weird that it, they could have easily made this something that you could have thought about for a few episodes and made some theories about. What they should have done was that back in, like, season one, when, like, Annie was first being suspected or whatever, or like when they were introducing people or 
like maybe even at the beginning of this season when Annie's actually captured and they're like looking for people, then they could be like the scout, like Levi Hange could have taken Reiner and Beltolt like away for like a little interrogation because they're like, hey, you happen to be from the same village. How did you not know Annie mm-hmm. was a Titan or like right. something like that to spirit like spur up suspicion then that tower scene could have been yeah. even more because of like everyone would have suspected them but then when reiner Got gets bitten bit. yeah then it's like it confuses everyone and then like even if you revealed them like that episode still then all of a sudden you then that reveal is more shocking because like, you're like oh, wait man. you kind of knew but you didn't because yeah. this tower scene made it seem like they were on their side so you're like oh your suspicion goes mm-hmm. away and then they're like boom actually we're not and then you're just like wait i had yeah. suspicions then you were heroic and now you're telling me you are the titans mm-hmm. that would have been so much better yeah yeah it would have had you thinking one way and then backtracking which i feel like would have been just like a real big like oh fuck i'm an idiot moment but instead they basically just gave us the answer key right before a test they're like here's the answers Oh, by the way, this is how we know. And it's, yeah, I completely agree. I like the fact that it would have been cool if they like questioned like, hey, how do you guys not figure this out? And then on top of that, another example of these shitty reveals in that same castle scene that Ymir is revealed as a Titan, they drop one single hint in that episode. It was episode four, I believe one single hint. And it was the fact that there's an old can of fish, like herring or sardines or something. And Ymir looks at it and she reads it. And Reiner and Bertolt and like everyone was like, how do you, how can you read that? Because that's old language. And she's just like, I don't, I don't know. I just can. And then literally 15 minutes later, she jumps out the window and she's a Titan. It's like, let us sit on that for a whole episode. Like give us an entire break. Let us ponder on that. Be like, whoa, who is this Ymir? Is she a Titan too? It's just like, surprise, I'm a Titan. And there was no time to ponder it. It was a little disappointing. Or again, like just the sequence and when that is all going through, like if you did all that and like they got their suspicions again, then you cut to Aaron and Hanj coming their way and interrogating the prisoner when they start talking about Krista and how she knows information Mm -hmm. and that like maybe hint that she may is a Titan or something or like she's part of the old Mm. tribe right like just do that because we already know Ymir has this unhealthy obsession with Krista for some odd reason so if you hint at Krista being something then we had that already from the suspicion that she knew ancient language then it's like oh she knows something maybe she's not a titan but she knows about titans then it's like oh it kind of again uh diversion you think ymir has knowledge of something maybe not necessarily a titan but -hmm. knowledge of this ancient civilization and then she's like oh i'm a titan then there's a bit more shock value now because like you said, even if it's still sold in that episode, if you split it up and you made us ponder a little bit before, and then maybe at the very end you see her jump off and like it ends there, the episode ends there, yeah. that would have gave us so much more suspen- su- suspense 
than, like you said, just telling us out right away. Because so even if you plan to tell us within an episode, at least if there's you that still, week gap. Yeah, if you still do it in a certain order, you mm-hmm. still get everyone thinking, and then like you can, like I said, give them a diversion, give them information about Krista, which then you would think about Ymir now when that finally is revealed she's tying. You're like. That's why she has this unhealthy obsession with Krista. Mm-hmm. So now what's Krista about? Yeah, because then you'd be like, well, is, is Krista a Titan or what? But the flashback of them meeting at the training camp literally then explains that Krista is definitely not a Titan. So it's like they don't give us time to ponder on theories, really. And I feel like I I don't know if I'm just misremembering things, but I don't remember Ymir ever being a character before season two. Like nope. season two is when she was introduced, I believe, and then that's because like, that's when Krista was introduced too. I don't believe she uh, I, was I really. Thought she was involved in the. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. No, I don't really remember because I remember seeing these people and being like, "Who the hell are they? Are they yeah. here because they killed off too many people in season one?" I literally thought they were going to be cannon fodder. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I feel like she was in season one, but now I don't even know. My whole entire life is a lie. I just Uh, feel this whole season was just a little, like, as you said, thinking back on it, I feel like it was just a whole mess on when to give information. It was almost like they were, or they had a plan for season three, and they had to, like, hurry up, like, all this information because they're like, oh, crap. We're getting towards the end of season two, and we haven't laid the foundation for the next season. So they kind of threw these last episode or these reveals in relatively early. So it does link up, and you start thinking about Krista and everything. But how they do it, it just makes me like, okay, I don't really care about you guys. Like, there's no emotional attachment like I have with all the other characters. Like, even Annie, that wasn't honestly had a whole lot of screen time like i still now out there like you learn that she's the female titan she's got captured even though she doesn't have like screen time in season two i'm still like what about annie what's annie doing what are Mm -hmm. they doing to annie like i'm still worried i'm still like invested in annie Mm -hmm. yamir and krista i'm like who the fuck are you guys like i almost forget about you guys yeah i looked it up and she is in season one she debuted on the second episode i believe really yeah so she was she was in it i don't know how much so she has no pressure so she had that little presence that i can't even remember the most i remember of her i believe is when the scouts are going out when the when the female titan first appears it was before that and they were all riding and i believe connie and somebody was talking about how pretty she was or something like that but that's like all i can remember from season one of her and I might be getting those mixed up because they're always riding horses through a field. So I could just be mixing up two episodes. But yeah, so I, like I said, I think their their management, their story management's a little shoddy here. But we're starting to come to the end of this season because now Reiner and Bertolt have Aaron and Ymir. So they managed to take them over. And they both take off. So Bertolt jumps out of the Colossal Titan and jumps on Reiner. And they're holding the unconscious Ymir. And uh, the now now Aaron, I believe, is in Reiner's mouth because he ripped him from the nape of the neck. 
So they run for a few hours and they seek shelter at the Forest of the Giant Trees, which is the same place that Annie first attacked Aaron and the scouts. In the meantime, Erwin gathers reinforcements and they actually decide to head to the forest because they know that they are still often attacked by titans because they're human. So he assumed that that would be the safest location that they would seek refuge in. So pretty good guess, Erwin. Not anything to progress the plot of the story or anything. Just a really good guess. Um, So before the reinforcements arrive, we have this moment of Reiner and Bertolt telling the captive Aaron and Ymir that the goal is to take him back to Aaron's hometown. And during this discussion, we also get the Reiner split personality disorder thing going on, which definitely isn't hinted at, but it shows that he's struggling with his identity of who he his what his main mission is and who he's supposed to be inside the walls. So his own mentality is kind of conflicting with him at the moment. But... Their discussion is cut short. Oh, also, Ymir mentions at this point that she basically really likes Krista because of their connection between their histories of being royalty and stuff. Seems kind of like a a weird reason to be connected to somebody, but <clears throat> there was a whole flashback where they became best friends and stuff. I don't know. Once again, I don't like this character at all, so I really don't care about her. <laughs> but this whole conversation's cut short by the scout's arrival. So, oh, also, it's mentioned that Chris's real name is Historia. She was hiding her identity the whole time. As she mentions her backstory, she also mentions about how she was raised in a cult and she was worshipped as some sort of royalty, <clears throat> but the cult was eventually broken up and captured. And she was injected with some sort of liquid into her neck or her spine. And she was pushed off a wall and she was turned into a pure titan, which are the really dumb man-eating titans. And after about 60 or 70 years, she stumbled upon Annie, Reiner, and Bertolt. And they had a friend named Marcel. And at this point, um, I believe she she was roaming for 60 years and eventually just gave up and collapsed. So... She was covered in dirt over the years. And then Annie Reiner Brothold and Marcel made a camp right next to this dirt mound. And she regained consciousness and jumped out and actually ate Marcel and gained his Titan abilities. And she was able to then come out of her Titan form. She found her way to the walls and eventually met Historia. And after this, she kind of says, like, yo, this is why I like Historia so much. So I'm I'm going to cooperate with you, but you have to help me get Historia and we'll be cool. So it was like an info dump in this one episode. They're like, this is my entire backstory. There was another person with the the bad crew of Titan people, and he was also Titan, and then she just stole the ability. Seems kind of like a quick way to introduce that, but whatever. And she's like, but you'll have my Titan ability on your side if you help me get Historia. And they're like, all right, let's do this. Um, Let's go for it. So she jumps down in her Titan form and steals Historia real quick. Nobody saw it coming, apparently, because I think they're like, oh, it's it's, uh, Ymir. She's on our side. And she grabs Historia, and they all just book it out. They're like, fuck this shit, I'm out. 
And yeah, that's that's basically Ymir's backstory and her motives. I always find it weird that if you eat a Titan, you gain their abilities. Yeah, it's like almost like the norm these um unique Titan abilities that these characters have override the dumb Titan form. And it's like allows you to separate yourself. So it, it's a very strange, but for some reason eating special titans turn normal titans into regular tit- or regular people again with titan abilities. So Which I just still think it's weird because like, <laughs> wait, so it, it, is Titan a disease? A virus? Oh, like how it, how do, how does it It gets weirder. it gets weirder. Oh I'm sure in, in, the, in the newest season. <laughs> So, after a pretty decent chase, Erwin manages to lead a large horde of titans into the armored titan to stop them dead in their tracks. Because, like you said, these are like the dumb titans that don't really know anything. That They're just attacking anything they see move. So, at this point, there's pretty much no option for negotiation. The only option is fight and to save Eren and Historia. The armored titan gets pinned down by all the titans that were led here and has to defend himself, allowing Eren and Historia to escape. But it's not that easy. Before the scouts could flee, Reiner starts just <laughs> chucking titans at the scouts, I thought this blocking was the their escape. Funniest shit ever. Like, <laughs> why didn't you think of this option before? Like, that would have been such a sweet way to, to fight, just fucking throwing titans at people. Or beat a titan with another titan. <laughs> I'm going to beat a motherfucker <laughs> yeah. with another motherfucker. <laughs> Watch out, he has a titan. You could literally, if you did that, you could have just lobbed titans over the wall, too. Oh, that's true. That's very true. That would have been that would have been oh, a lot man. of work. But I guess that would have been really <laughs> easy for the Colossal. Just scoop them up and drop them. So then there's no escape. You're like a cage, in a giant cage instead of breaking a hole. Just keep scooping them and dropping them. (laughs) And during this encounter, Eren and Mikasa get to encounter a titan with a very familiar face to them. It was the smiling titan that ate Eren's mother in the very first episode. So, of course, with Eren's far superior mental fortitude... (laughs) Upon seeing this, he breaks down and is unable to transform into his titan. And left with no other option, similar to Ash in the Pokemon movie, the very first movie, which we did an episode on, you guys should go watch, he decides to run up to this stronger being and throw a punch at him. Like, what's up with anime characters, honestly? Like Who knows, just about to but... throw hands with the Titan. <laughs> but unlike Ash, this actually helps him out because upon contact, he awakens a new ability that allows him to control the actions of the Titans around him. Yeah. So that was unexpected. And really nobody knows how, like... He doesn't even know how that happened. So just from doing this, he controls the Titans and basically sicks them on the armor Titan. He's like, yo, 
attack that motherfucker. And to his surprise, they all do. And he's like, all right, cool. And then he's like, leave us alone. And the Titans will leave us alone. So they all like get on their shit and they just get the fuck out of there. Get on their horses and go. And at this point, uh, Reiner's pretty pissed off because like he wasn't supposed to unlock that yet. That was not supposed to be something he was supposed to figure out. Which makes you think, like, how much do these people know? Like, what do they know about Aaron that Aaron doesn't even know? Like, where are they getting their intel? So they leave us on that. And about a week later, Hanj and Connie give a report to Erwin, Levi, and uh, Pixis, which is like this, the big boss leader commander in the capital. Who he kind of becomes a little more important later, but yeah, he's just like the big guy. And it reveals that the Titans that appeared within Wall Rose were actually the citizens of Connie's village. So that was one thing that was kind of hinted at. That's the that was one thing about this season that they decided to not reveal right away, but they basically gave it away. But whatever. It was one of those things that um it's like, ah, so it was his village. That explains why there was no breach. That was a pretty important thing. But then it also adds to the lore of, okay, but, like, people got turned into Titans. How? How did they get turned into Titans? Same way Aaron did, get shot with a needle. Yep, and same way Ymir did, shot with a needle. So it's also making you wonder, who's sticking needles into people? And all that shit. And how do you how do you do it that fast to turn an entire village? The needle titan. The needle titan is the answer. That is correct. So, <laughs> Aaron Aaron vows that he's going to use his new found power to help humanity, while um, Irwin is actually determined to learn more about the truth behind the titans. And then to wrap up this episode or this season, actually, the uh, at the very end of this episode. The Beast Titan is looking out from a top wall Mario, which I think is the furthest wall. Not really sure. Maybe it's the middle wall. Who knows? But I think um, it's the furthest wall because that was yeah. the first wall that was breached. Yeah. So he's sitting on top of that, and then a mysterious blonde man with glasses emerges from its neck and utters the word words, not just yet. And it's like, oh, shit. So we finally get Just to see the face. Do it. He wasn't as hairy as I thought he would be when he popped out of the neck. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so it leaves us with a few decent questions, despite the um, the reveals and their shitty, yeah, the shitty reveals in this season. They did leave us with a few questions, like who the fuck is the Beast Titan? How are citizens being turned into creatures into the Titans? And I I don't know, like what other abilities does Aaron have? Also, what's behind the fucking door? What's in the basement? Who knows? One of my things was also for like Connie's village. Were they volunteers or were they forced? Mm, Very interesting. Yeah, it's so there are a few questions still unanswered and they're pretty important ones. Also, like. What's Ymir's goal now? Because she doesn't have Historia. So is she just going to cooperate? Is she going to go haywire? Is she even going to be relevant at all? Because up until this (laughs) point, she hasn't been. 
I was just about to say the most important the more important question is is she going to be relevant yeah. <laughs> because apparently she debuted in episode 2 and I don't remember her until the second fucking season. Yeah, I'm going to see real quick when did Ymir debut? Let's see. Ymir debuted in episode A Dim Light Amid Despair Humanity's Comeback Part 1, which was episode uh, drum roll, please. Um, oh, wow. It's the third episode of the first season. So, see, the episode right after. Who are you people? <laughs> Who are you Apparently people? Really not relevant enough to the point where... Yeah. All right, well... I still... They literally must have not done anything until yeah. the second season. My opinion is still strong. She is basically irrelevant, and I think she didn't appear until season two. <laughs> oh man. She's just worthless. I'm sorry. I just hate her. I hate her character. I hate what they did with it. Hmm. Well, yeah. So um, I don't know if you have anything else see. to add about attack on Titan season two. I'm trying to think of a question that mm. would be good for season two, but not to people who've, uh, already know the answer to right because i was going to do like the standard all right with now with some newfound knowledge what do you guys think is in the basement but like if you watched ahead you already know that answer right and let me tell you i don't think anyone could have predicted it that's all i'm gonna say it's a fetus obviously and norman it's the fetus of the uh original titan and uh they just keep yanking its blood, and that's how. Actually, that'd be Titans. really interesting. You're wrong. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> no, my fetus theory. <laughs> I put so much work into that. I I can tell. It was very in depth. Just yanking its blood. <laughs> because a fetus has unlimited blood. Well, if they just keep it alive, the body produces blood. Yeah, but Titan blood evaporates, so how would that work? Oh, shit. Um, Ha! I debunked my own theory. But Titans regenerate, so... That's true. So if you take it, you pour it into a vial, you keep the vial really cold. What would happen to Titan parts if you did do that? Like, how does Hans do her research? Yeah, does the part evaporate? I I think it evaporates because, um... Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure... You sever a limb, it starts to evaporate, and it starts to form a new one. So, I you have a limited amount of time, but you also have a test subject that basically can never die. Ooh, I got a I I I know my question of All the right. day now. As of season two, only in counting season one and season two, whose side are you on? Reiner and Beltrot, whatever his name is, and Annie, them, or Aaron? Who said you won? You know, when they put up an argument to Aaron saying, like, if he comes with them, they won't have to, like, destroy the world or some shit like that. But if they, so that made it seem like if he came with them, they're going to not. I, the way they said, like, 
basically like we're going to destroy everything if you don't come with us so if he comes with us there's an option to not destroy everything so it almost seems like their intentions aren't malicious they're kind of just they have mm. a goal i mean i i i they seem malicious in the shit that they did especially kicking down an entire wall and killing a shit ton of people. i was about to say if they really just wanted but, Aaron, they could have like but oh sent someone and just oh, like yeah took them Okay, I, I have to restrain what I can say because there are things that I know, obviously, that I can't yeah. say. So, from this point, it seems like their personal goal, once they get Aaron, isn't malicious. The goal, uh, the point of getting Aaron, they don't give a shit. They're chaotic evil. Um or maybe they're chaotic good. They're chaotic in some way. They don't give a shit about repercussions. They just want their goal met. It almost seems like they might be chaotic neutral. Maybe they have some sort of neutral goal in mind, and they just need Aaron for it. So they'll do everything they need for Aaron, and if he agrees, no one else has to die because their goals aren't with these people, it seems like. Because he says, oh, I can't find the quote. I thought I put it in here. But he says something like, if you just come with us, everything will be fine. Like, we're not going to destroy it. Okay, but you have to also realize the person who said says that. that. <laughs> well, that, and the person who said that has a split personality disorder, Very true. too. Very true. But maybe the split personality will work in their favor because he doesn't want to hurt his comrades. Mm, that's also up for the I know, thing, I know. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. <laughs> Okay, maybe Reiner with his split personality, but Bailtolt, however you pronounce his name, I think he's probably the most keen person on wanting to kill almost anyone that's not a Titan. You, you think so? With all his reactions so far? Absolutely. Like, especially when he got to the thing, he's like, are we doing this? Are we really going? Is it finally time? Like, he almost seemed like he was anxious, but at the same time, he's like, Finally, we can stop being this and just go on, like, and maybe, wipe him out. Maybe he was scared. Okay, he was nervous. He's like, are we really doing this? I'm so scared. Well, that's what I'm saying. He had some anxious with him, but I feel like he also was just... He's, like, so set on just getting out of the scouts because he has no, like, feelings for anyone besides his comrades yeah. that he doesn't give a shit about humanity. No, that makes so, sense. Yeah, I get that. I think up until this point, I would still side with Aaron because not to mention, like you said, okay, think about it from like Aaron's point of view though. Let's say you do agree. They literally, what's stopping them from mad rushing now while Maria because now Aaron's not there to stop them. Hmm, that's true. It's like Aaron's literally the card keeping you know, them at bay. I would agree with that although i think personally as those two titans reiner and bertolt i would be more scared of uh an un uh unhindered levi more than an unhindered aaron like if i captured aaron i still wouldn't go about my merry way destroying walls and shit because levi's still on the loose because he's a monster yeah, but if you took all your, if you took the Beast Titan, Armor Titan, and the Colossal Titan, I would still take my chances fighting them over Levi. But that's what I'm saying. If all three of them would attack 
Like, if they really wanted to, all three of them would, could attack at different locations, and Levi couldn't be there True, by himself. Because he's, at this point, he's, like, the only one that's scary to them. Using that same argument, they could still do that, and Aaron would be split up as well. Because there's three of them versus... I mean, Aaron would still hinder them a little bit, but if it was Colossus Well, no, Titan, this is without Aaron. Like, I know, if I'm he, saying, like, if, if he went away. Even if Aaron was still there, they could still do that. I guess that's true. But at the same time, they need Aaron for some odd reason. So I feel like if you did that, because it seemed to me, obviously, I don't know what I haven't read or seen as much as you. But for some reason, they can't kill Aaron for whatever reason. And I think now we know why, because... Reiner was really pissed off when Aaron found out his ability. Yeah, but if the way Titans work, just have a Titan eat him, get in someone else with his ability, and bada bing, bada boom, you don't have to go through all this trouble. So there's some reason why they're keeping Aaron alive. Okay, and that's, true. that's a good point. And if you did that method of like attacking different ones, if he knows you're doing that, he would, li- because of how like hot-headed he is and stuff, he would literally stop at nothing, even if his home's destroyed, wiping out your entire population. So you would lose a lot more than you would gain if you did that. But if Aaron was out of the picture, I think it's a lot more feasible, even with uh, freaking Levi's like scary or whatever. Have him pitted against a Colossal Titan, and I think that would be a lot harder for Levi to take care of. Not to mention, if Levi himself is so preoccupied with the Colossal Titan, the other Titans could easily run amok. Especially Reiner with the Armored Titan, since he knows how to like fight against them. Hmm. Alright, that's fair. That's fair. I'll give it you could that also one. just be anime plot to keep him alive. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Like there, <laughs> there is something they have to like there is a reason why they're not killing him obviously because like you said they could easily just feed him to a titan and then use that person to get their goals so maybe maybe they can't do that because it obviously took Aaron this long to learn the ability so maybe time is of the essence so they need Aaron physically and obviously beast titans just waiting for them to come somewhere well also actually they might need Aaron to get into the basement because he did say they were taking him back to his hometown. So maybe you think they, a wooden door is somehow I mean, maybe stopping some, all the Titans? Listen, maybe there's some sort of <laughs> weird Titan barrier <laughs> that only... Anti-Titan... Can, I mean, I it could exist because his father was the one that injected him in the first place. He seems like he knew what it, he was getting his son into because he's like, forgive me for what I'm about to do to yeah. you. So... Either way, they need him for something, and they want to get to his hometown. So I think those are the main, the biggest focal points is Aaron's important, and something in hometown, most likely the basement, is important. <sighs> maybe, but yeah. maybe next season we'll learn what's in the basement. <laughs> so no facts for this episode because... It seems like every time I look up facts for Attack on Titan, it's all like speculation and stuff, or it involves either season one or season four, and there's no in between. So we probably won't get any facts until season four of Attack on Titan. So 
that will probably wrap it up for this episode. Don't forget, if you haven't, show us some love and support on patreon.com slash weebspawn. And don't forget to leave us a review on whatever wherever you listen to our podcast. And feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And contact us at weebspawn at gmail.com. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you guys next time when we weeb spawn.